We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. You can get all your Packaday updates by following us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by both Andrew Mertig and Maggie Loney. And we are excited to be back with you for another Friday edition of the podcast. How's it going, you guys? Great. It's uh, episode 1003. We're going to have to get used to this four-digit stuff. Um, but mo- most importantly, I thanked a bunch of people this week, but most importantly, thank you to all the listeners who tune in and check us out. And uh, we're, we're excited to be with you for hopefully another thousand episodes. And, and you know, I know next week is, is like the big one. Next week's our big episode. But I would say that today's episode might actually be my favorite, even though next week's is probably the most important one that we do. Yeah, I literally agreed to come back solely for the draft night episode and for (laughs) the uh, time on the clock because I wanted to hear Andrew's accent some more. But yeah, we're one week away and I'm just honestly ready for the draft to get here because we've studied the prospects. We all have our favorites. We have our guys and I want to see where they land and how wild after the last year with everything being virtual that we actually will get to see drafted players walk across a stage in Cleveland. It kind of feels like a little bit of normalcy is returning once again. 
Yes, it is really hard to believe that we are just one week away from the 2021 NFL Draft. All things are good. Maggie has confessed that she is only here to tolerate us so that she could be here for draft night and that <laughs> that very special episode that we'll have next Friday. Excited about that. But today, in order to continue to get you ready for this draft, uh, we wanted to spend some time talking about the safety position in this draft class. And safety is interesting because the Packers have a really good group there. In the last decade, the Packers have had combinations of Ha Ha Clinton Dix, Kentrell Bryce, Marwin Evans, MD Jennings, and Jerron McMillian. It feels like it took a long, long time to get the safety position right here in Green Bay, but Brian Gutekunst has solved his problem with aggression. He signed Adrian Amos as a free agent and traded up in the 2019 draft for Darnell Savage, who looks like he's going to be a really good starter for this team for a long time. And so it's nice to have this quality pair of guys, but we know that having three safeties on the field is almost normal in today's NFL, especially depending on your defensive scheme. And so while the Packers could get a jump from guys like Vernon Scott or Henry Black this year, it seems like adding a safety is certainly something we could see the Packers do maybe even early in this draft and uh, there's been a little bit of grumbling I would say about how this safety class isn't stellar there isn't anyone who's expected to go in the top 10 top 15 picks Uh, this isn't your Minka Fitzpatrick Derwin James class from a few years back but if there's one guy who is thought to have a pretty good shot of going on day one it's TCU's Trayvon Merrig And Andrew, I know that Merrick is your 34th overall rated player, so he's kind of in that general range for Green Bay at 29. So I want you to tell me, what is the appeal of Merrick, and why is he someone that Green Bay may consider even with the talent that they currently have at safety? Yeah, you're, you're spot on. He was my 34th overall player, the number one safety on my board. And that's because he's a really easy mover. He has great speed and acceleration. He can really open his hips, which he combines with nice instincts. I like him as a single high in the NFL with great range. He's a good tackler, but certainly not immune to taking some bad angles. Um, and I didn't love all of his man reps. So, so there is some thought um, that you know, he can play not only over the top, like I said, a center fielder, um, but then also drop down into the slot. And he definitely has the physical tools to do that. I think he just needs to develop a little bit more consistency. And I I think he gives you the flexibility to play Savage at the star and a player you can have moving all over the place if they go with the Ram strategy of hiding guys where they're lining up and then moving them all over the place pre-snap. Yeah, finding a player like Merrick who is that single high guy who can do that is pretty rare. So I think anytime you have that opportunity, you definitely at least look into that. But uh, Oregon's Javon Holland is another name that is usually at the top of the safety ranks. And Holland is someone I think Green Bay fans should get to know. Gutekunst made the trip all the way out to the Oregon Pro Day. Uh, Holland has a massive RAS score. He's only 21 years old, so he checks a lot of those Green Bay boxes as far as draft prospects go. But uh, tell me a little bit more about the player, Maggie. What does someone like Javon Holland bring to a defense? Yeah, so Holland's really interesting because he's kind of starting to creep into that night one conversation. And I think he still probably has an outside shot, but he would absolutely make a team very happy early day two. He has really good size to play the position. And honestly, Kyle, you nailed it. He's got the elite RAS, 9.54, and his age, only 21 years old, make him a desirable prospect for Brian Gutekunst. You know he's on the big board. And it wouldn't be our show if we didn't talk about oily hips. I'm stealing (laughs) that from Andrew, so... Holland absolutely fits the bill there. He's got he's excellent in coverage. He has soft hands. 
really nice flip of his hips in coverage. He can secure interceptions. Um, and I like the way that he just kind of glues onto his receivers. He led the Pac-12 in interceptions in 2019 uh, when he had four, and then he opted out of the 2020 season. And he also has a little bit of experience returning punts, so he's kind of a do-it-all guy for the Packers that would be a great addition to their secondary. Yeah, I really like Javon Holland. And a comp that I've seen floated for him is Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, I am not at all saying that Holland is the same level of prospect that Minka was, so don't hear that when I say that. But he's got the smoothness and the versatility to play safety, but also play in the slot, and he can dominate there, like Maggie said. And if you remember, it was widely believed that Brian Gutekinds coveted Minka Fitzpatrick in that 2018 draft, and when he wasn't able to trade up and get him, that's when we saw that trade down with New Orleans, and eventually that trade back up with Seattle for Jair. So it worked out well for Green Bay. Uh, But if Brian Gutekunst still covets a player like Minka, and if Joe Barry believes that Holland could be his nickel star defender, I think Holland is a really interesting name that the Packers should be very aware of before next weekend, because we could see him in green and gold in one way or another. But if there's one other name that many believe has a chance to go in the top 50, it's probably Richie Grant from UCF. Uh, Andrew, tell me a little bit more about Grant. Yeah, so Grant is my fourth overall safety. He's prospect number 72. He's super rangy, great ball skills. He played kind of all over the place, but I thought he really shined as a single high at UCF. He's got really translatable movement skills to the next level. He sometimes takes some bad angles, um, but also makes up for it in a ton of plays. And I think he's a bit of a risk taker. He's definitely a good tackler. You're, you're taking Grant with the express intent of playing Savage at star. By the way, can we go back to this? I hate the term star, and I think I'm going <laughs> to stop saying it. I just don't like it. Like, can we just call a slot corner? When I said, like, nickel star defender, I'm like, okay, people are going to think that I think he's going to be a star player, which is not what right. I mean. I just, he's he's going to play in that slot for it's you. It's fine, and I know Joe Barry likes to use that terminology, and it's kind of a, a popular thing in the NFL. I don't know. I have a lot of these kind of things. I'm, I'm surprised people tolerate it. Anyways, letting Grant <laughs> and Amos play deep coverage and, and you know, really both being able to play within the box, too. So I, I, think, I think that's the appeal there. Savage is going to play you know, probably a lot of those man reps in the slot. And then you're going to have Amos and Grant who are able to both play deep, but then also both move up. And so you get some versatility in that way. I like Grant. I also like that people stick around and tolerate your opinions uh, (laughs) so that they can hear the good content that we mix in with it. But um, as we move a little bit further into day two, maybe even day three, who are some of the other guys that you think we should keep our eye on? So uh, I want to start off with Hamza Nasrallahdeen from Florida State. He's my fifth safety overall, 73rd player. So actually, it's weird. Him and Richie Grant are back-to-back. But uh, Nasrallahdeen is a hyper-athletic, versatile defender. He played single high. He played linebacker. He played slot. He's even uh, got, you know, he, he's got great speed, hitting ability, really instinctive against the run, less instinctive in zone coverage. And, you know, I saw some reps on tape where he was a touch late breaking the ball and it resulted in completion. So I really don't think you want him as your single high (laughs) in the NFL. Uh, That said, he he did play it in in college, but he could be a hybrid linebacker or a box safety. He's sort of the plus version of what the Packers were getting from Raven Green. Um, And then the next player that I wanted to talk about is Andre Sisco from Syracuse. So you know what they say about Sisco, Kyle? I don't know, but I'm afraid you're going to tell me. 
He hits like a truck, truck, truck. INT's like, what, what, what? All night long. Let me see that. Third and long? Yeah. Do you get that one? I vaguely recognize that, but we know that my... uh my social references are lacking, so you're yeah. gonna have to. So help the me. singer Cisco <laughs> oh! had, had the thong song. That's that, so easy. That was the How ode to that? Andre Cisco. How I miss that? Uh, Thank you. So, anyways, the actual player. By the way, what is going on in Syracuse? I've mentioned this before, but Trill Williams, Ify Melifonwu, and Andre Cisco all gonna get drafted probably in the top. I mean, the corners are going to go high. Cisco maybe is more of a mid-round player, but really athletic, incredible ball production. He only played two games in 2020, but he had 13 career interceptions despite that. So you're talking about a rangy guy. He's going to take gambles. Uh, he, that There's plenty of reps where he is actually way too aggressive. Uh, he takes a bad angle, and it leads to a big play for the other team. But he's got the same um, – well, and he also has the same issue in run fits where he'll miss tackles by just coming up and trying to hit somebody too hard, being too aggressive, um, and not super fundamentally strong. But he is a big-time gambler. And so you're going to get the good with the bad. I I refer to him like he's Marcus Peters, but at safety. You're going to get interceptions, and you're also going to get some big plays against you. So I I really I think that he's going to be an interesting fit in the NFL and a guy that could make a lot of big plays that sort of make up for some of those negative ones. Um, and also, just FYI, my song homage was not really accurate because he does not hit like a truck, <laughs> truck, truck. Yeah, I I literally have no clue how to follow that. Um, it I I was embarrassed for you, Andrew. I don't know how that makes you feel, but I blushed a little bit. Um, but my, I really (laughs) want an audio clip of that song. If you can call it that just so we can use it later. Cause that's going to be, that's going to be a gold mine. I think it'll exist on the internet forever. (laughs) That's right. Have fun. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nick Schmitz put it to the actual song and you'll be oh set. That's what he gosh. did for all my poems. But yeah, so I want to talk about Caden Stearns. Uh, Stearns is my guy in the safety class. Um, really reliable prospect out of Texas. I think I took him in our mock episode, uh, but I'm happy, of course, to bring him up again. Long-term starter for the Longhorns, started 28 of his 29 games. Uh, former five-star recruit in high school. He's got another elite RAS, 9.57. Great vertical. He runs a 4-4-1-40. 
Um, really aggressive to the football, willing tackler, but has a tendency to over-pursue and kind of miss his man. So he's good against the run, and he's very capable of kind of keeping all of that action in front of him. But if he takes a poor angle, he can also miss the tackle. So that's something I'll have to work on at the next level. But tons of high upside for him, and I think that he would immediately bolster that safety room if he slips into late day two or early day three range. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So Caden Stearns is someone that I have not spent a ton of time on, but I have his name highlighted because of that RAS score. Uh, at this time of draft prep, you're going back as a Packers fan and making sure you do familiarize yourself with all of those elite athletes. So someone I'm circling back to for sure. But Andrew, we've teased our love for USC safety Talanoa Hufunga a couple times on this podcast, but I'm not sure we've actually paused and given him more than a quick shout out. So I think it's time that we do that. If you're brave, I would love for you to tell the good people just how high you actually have Hufunga rated. Yeah, so we talked about all these safeties, and and I do like them. Um, but now we're we're sort of wrapping up with my safety two. Oh. Um, and so Hufunga is actually my 36 overall player, and I know I'm a bit rich on him. Uh, but the things that I liked, he lines up absolutely everywhere. He played safety, he played linebacker, he played slot. Sometimes they even dropped him down and played him as an edge. He's super su- a super solid tackler. He actually likes to hit people, which is fun. He can play deep, which I wasn't totally expecting from a hybrid guy. His instincts and ball skills are uh, ball skills ball skills aren't elite. I'm confusing words now, uh, but he definitely gets the job done. He he processes the game incredibly well, and I just I think he could be so so valuable as a versatile defender that you can drop down, play some linebacker. Um, he can play safety if you need to. He he's, you know, I said that, uh, you know, the Packers could could get an upgrade on Raven Green with Nazarilla Dean. Hufunga is an even better version of that, and I think even a little bit more versatile. Yeah, I think a lot of people expected Hufunga to be someone who could potentially be that dime linebacker for you and almost a linebacker convert as he played in the NFL. And he may still serve well in that role, but he weighed in at 199 pounds at his pro day, which was super weird to me because he plays like he's 220. Uh, So it will be interesting to see how the NFL sees his value on draft weekend. But Hufunga is a super fun player and would be a great addition to the Packers defense. Uh, I believe he's training with uh, Troy Palomalu as well, which is 
fun. I don't know what that tells you about the player, but an interesting connection there. But uh, we've got something really fun we want to get to here in just a second. But before we shut down this safety conversation, I really need to ask you to weigh in on James Wiggins. I saw some of his injury history uh, with him early in the process. I kind of watched him briefly and then moved on because of those injury concerns and then just recently went back to him. He's really, really interesting to me. So I want to get your thoughts on Wiggins and any other guys that you feel deserve a mention before we wrap up the safeties. Yeah, so I'm just going to give you a combo pack here. You asked about Wiggins, and uh, I'm just going to talk about both Cincinnati safeties because I really, really liked both of them. Um, And weirdly enough, they ended up back-to-back on my board. They were overall 75 and 76. Um, So I'll talk about James Wiggins first. Really fun athlete, as you alluded to. He's been hampered by injuries the last two seasons, but he's got the speed and quickness to be a center fielder. Some lapses in coverage where he'll take the bait provided by a quarterback who has good eye discipline. Uh, He's a really good tackler, and since he used him in that way, you know, in a way that required him to develop a little bit of balance between his coverage and um, his tackling ability. And then the other Cincinnati safety is Derek Forrest. Uh, So he was my 76 overall prospect, played all over the place for Cincy, deep, single high slot, a little bit of linebacker. So it's crazy how versatile these guys are. Um, But he's a limited athlete, makes up for it with really good instincts, and he's an aggressive and sound tackler. So it's kind of fun to compare and contrast those two. And I think Forrest got a bit of a jump because Wiggins wasn't available that often with the injuries. Um, but they're two very different players. You know, with Wiggins, you're relying on the athleticism. With Forrest, you're relying on the instincts. Um, but either one could be a fun pro player. So we are just about ready to jump into this next segment that we're really, really excited about. Uh, but it is something I think we've seen a little bit of a connection with the Packers and Cincinnati with the Josiah DeGuara selection last year. So uh, maybe some names to keep an eye on with James Wiggins and Derek Forrest for sure. Yeah. So thank you, Kyle. Uh, and uh, this this is this is my segment of the show. <laughs> I'm we indulge you here. We're excited, but this is yeah. your thing. So the, this this was something I think we did for the first time last year, and we had so much fun with it. Um, but you know, like as a listener, if you're listening to this show, the Friday show, by now you've probably done dozens of mock drafts, maybe hundreds of them. But one thing that is always so challenging to me about being a GM in the NFL is that you only get to do one draft, right? You don't get to hit restart on the TDN mock draft simulator. You, you don't get to provide four and then choose the best one that you got. And you only have 10 minutes to make that decision in the first round. So today we are putting Kyle on the clock as the Packers general manager. <laughs> and Megan and I will play the roles of the front office assistants. And, and here's the reason why we're doing it this way, because last year I took a bunch of flack for, for not being able to impersonate opposing GMs who are calling <laughs> trade offers. So now today I'm going to be answering the phones. Uh, <laughs> I'll also be keeping time. So uh, we're going to go live to pick 29, and then we're going to jump inside the Packers draft room. Uh, so... With the 28th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select linebacker Jeremiah Woso-Koromoa from Notre Dame. The Green Bay Packers are now on the clock, and we're counting. All right, so... uh, Go ahead, General Manager, take us away. All right, so the board is pretty strong, you guys, uh, but maybe in ways that we weren't expecting. As we've done our draft prep, we've built our board. 
Uh, we feel good about the players that we feel like we're going to have an opportunity to select here. Uh, neither of our cornerbacks, Newsom or Farley, made it down to us. Uh, we weren't able to trade up for a price that we were comfortable with there uh, in the early 20s. So uh, the board is strong, but we may not have a strong match at corner here, which is one of our priorities here in this draft. Um, Scout Andrew, will you go ahead and give us a rundown of who's available at the top of our board currently? Absolutely. So we have Edge Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Uh, we have linebacker Zayvon Collins from Tulsa. Running back Najee Harris from Alabama. Defensive lineman Christian Barmore from Alabama. Edge Jason Away from Penn State. Uh, you have interior offensive lineman Landon Dickerson from Alabama. Offensive tackle Samuel Cosme from Texas. Wide receiver Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU. Uh, you got two more tackles in addition to Cosme. Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. Dylan Raidens from North Dakota State. Defensive lineman Levi Amorizike from Washington. Wide receiver Rondale Moore from Purdue. And cornerback Eric Stokes from Georgia. All right, so like I said, really strong board right here. We like a lot of these players. We feel good about where we've done our, our process. But I want to hear from you guys. Weigh in. Give me some elevator pitches on players that you feel like, you know, we've got these guys in a bunch, uh, very similar grades. Tell me where you guys are feeling like we may want to go with this pick. Yeah, so me personally, looking at this board right here, I have a lot of these players graded very similarly. Um, if we are talking about the Packers being potentially one or two picks away from potentially getting over the hump, going from the NFC Championship to a Super Bowl, I think a lot of these guys could potentially serve that role. So, you know me, we've worked together a long time, Kyle. I'm a value <laughs> person. I'm taking a trade down here. I know Andrew's working the phones per usual. I hope that he fills us in soon on some of the options available, but you have really good tackle prospects that can come in and start at right tackle from day one, even though you won't necessarily need them to. Um, I think Eric Stokes will be there in 10 picks from now if you're still looking at corner, but I know that we also have a feat to Asante Samuel. There's quite a few guys who I think will be there high in the second round. So personally, that's where I'm leaning is a nice trade back, get a couple comp picks and then fill out, you know, the rest of that, that roster with the second and third round picks. Yeah. So we have a little bit over seven minutes left and uh, we did get a call. Atlanta is willing to uh, give us their uh, second round pick, which is number 35 overall and throw in their fourth rounder. So that's 108 uh, to move up into our slot. So we'd move down six spots. We'd pick up an extra fourth rounder. Um, and Denver actually just called as well, and they're willing to move up from 40, so we're going to be dropping 11 spots, but they're willing to give us their third rounder, number 71. So that's a, you know, that's a difference of, what, 37 uh, picks with, with that second, and that would give us a total of three top 75 picks. Um, just my opinion on, on the draft, uh, or on the, the prospects that are actually available at this pick, I think it would make a ton of sense to go with somebody like Landon Dickerson if you if your your priority is to replace Corey Lindsley. I think um, there's a couple tackles that we like, Samuel Cosme and Liam Eichenberg, and I think either one of those would be really good fill-ins for um, you know David Welly's recovery and, and then also you know right tackle longer term. And then you know Terrace Marshall Jr. just he just he's a Packer guy. He's he's what we value in prospects. So I think depending on which direction you want to go with the position, it would make a lot of sense. We're now under six minutes. 
Yeah, we got a lot of good options here, you guys. And I really like, uh, obviously, Quipe, super talented player. Not sure he's a great scheme fit for us. Uh, not maybe the length that we're looking for. Uh, Zayvon Collins, I think talking to uh, Coach Barry, uh, sounds like he's okay with some some smaller linebackers with a little bit more speed. And so, incredible player. Just not sure he's a good fit for us. Najee uh, Harris is going to be a great player in the NFL but uh, we, we feel pretty good about our running back situation right now as well. So looking through this group, I, ha- I have some injury con- uh, concerns from what we heard in Indianapolis. Um, obviously, uh, it sounds like uh, Terrace Marshall has some some injury issues that have popped up there that seem to be recurring. Um, Rondell Moore is another receiver. We haven't traditionally done a wide receiver in the first round, and that's kind of the Green Bay way. I'm not sure with the way that this board is sitting that I think that this year is the exception. I think we probably uh, stick to our ways. Uh, Landon Dickerson, I agree with you, Andrew, could be a great addition to this football team. But again, with the injury concerns with Dickerson, I'm not sure here uh, that I feel we make that pick when we have an opportunity to move back and kind of see what happens. Um, If we stick and pick, I would be interested in these offensive tackles, um, probably looking at uh, Liam Eikenberg and someone like Samuel Cosme, um, if either of you wanted to weigh in on that, see what the value is uh, between those two a little bit more, and then we can entertain these trades. Just really, really quick, we're down to about four minutes and 15 seconds left. We did get a third trade offer. Um, so the Indianapolis Colts have called, and they picked down at 54 in the second. So we'd be dropping significantly, but they're offering up their fifth this year and a 2022 first. They they want to they they said they want to be really aggressive. They got their corner already, and they want to get their they want to make sure they get their choice of offensive tackles that are left to jump all the way up to 29. So we could potentially add a 2022 first, but then we're not picking again until 54. That's really interesting. That is a that is a steep offer that they have have brought to us there with a the first round pick um, in 2022. Um, I'm leaning towards pick 40, dropping down uh, with with the Broncos there at pick 40 and and taking that extra third round pick there. I mean, 71, that's that's a big, big pick there. I feel like there's going to be some value there, uh, but we can still get one of these guys at 40. And I'm feeling pretty good about that option. Where, where are you guys at? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Dropping from 29 to 40 isn't that steep when you think of the number of players that we have on the big board right now. I think there's, you know, probably a handful of guys that'll still be there at 40. And then, you know, like Andrew said earlier, you're snagging another third, another third round pick. That's where a lot of the value is in this draft. If we're talking corners, Paulson Adebo, likely in that same range if he doesn't go a little bit earlier. So, I think this is kind of where the meat of the draft will be is on night two. So I think the Broncos give you the best value. I like the Falcons at 35, but I would obviously rather have the third than the fourth. I completely and agree. I, I was just going to say that Colts offer super, super tempting. I just think that the group of players that you're picking at at 54 is very different than the players that you're choosing from at 40. And uh, we potentially have the ability to come up from uh, where we're at, at the end of the second round. So I think I want to stick with uh, a little bit earlier pick in the second round to get us a player that we think can make an impact. So we have about two minutes left, and and I would say I'm I'm banging the table a little bit to go with our offensive tackle of choice here because I don't think that they're going to last until pick 40. 
and you know when you get into that sort of third wave of the offensive tackles, we're we're taking a little bit of a hit there, and we're okay. probably looking at guys like Alex Leatherwood. Um, you know, maybe one of these three tackles slips, but it, it's probably unlikely looking at the needs of the teams that are going going to pick between twenty nine and forty. So um, that's just my input. We have about a minute and thirty seconds to to get it in. Um, so. Uh, Kyle, I guess at this point the uh, stage is yours, and and you can you can do the the tough work and actually make All a right. decision. I appreciate both of you, and you're both such valued members of our staff and have been <laughs> for years. So thank you so much. Uh, Sam Seal is also shaking his head in agreement. We appreciate both of you. Uh, but with the time ticking off the clock. Um, I'm going to go with that trade offer with the Denver Broncos, and we're going to move down to 40, uh, snatch up 71. So we'll be picking at 62 and 71 uh, with the ability to do something pretty big there, I think. So let's let's go ahead and call uh, Denver and make a deal there with the Broncos. Great. All right. So you left 52 seconds on the clock, which so we, we did better this year than we did last. <laughs> uh, one of the things I want to do, I don't want to just leave leave listeners hanging here, Kyle. Um, but <laughs> if we if we simulate down to pick 40, um, a lot of the players that were on our initial list are going to be gone. Um, okay. But it does look like uh, Dylan Radins, the, the tackle from North Dakota State, made it, uh, as well as wide receiver Rondale Moore from Purdue and then cornerback Eric Stokes from Georgia. This also opens up some additional possibilities. You have Asante Samuel Jr., uh, you have both Syracuse corners, um, in addition to a few other players. But like out of out of that list that I mentioned, is is there one name that you'd be really drawn to at pick forty? Yeah, on that initial list, I think it does get a little bit tough uh, with the value and the position need. I think that it would be a pivot to that second bunch of corners in this scenario, probably. I think you can do uh, Radons from North Dakota State, um, but I think you're looking at more of a developmental player, whereas Eichenberg, you're right. I mean, you pounded the table for Eichenberg. He's a player you can plug in a right tackle and probably make your whole offensive line better because your guards stick and you're, you're, you know, you're just better across the board. So a little bit different scenario there. I probably pivot to someone like Eric Stokes here with this pick. So you'd go Eric Stokes over Asante Samuel Jr.? I am I Brian Gudikinst or Kyle Fellows? <laughs> uh, you can be Kyle Fellows today. Kyle Fellows is taking Asante Samuel Jr. and I'm running the card to the commissioner and I'm not wearing any pants. So it's, it's a good it's a good day. We have Asante Samuel Jr. He's playing in green and gold. That that would be the pick. All right. Well, there you go, folks. So the Packers <laughs> are are going to have opportunities at pick 62 and 71, and then their original third round pick. Uh, to add to that talent base. So I think you did a pretty good job there, Kyle, even though you didn't listen to me, which you should have. Um, so the last the last segment of today's show that I wanted to go through is just predictions. I love the idea um, of taking a crack at who we think the Packers are actually going to pick, you know, if there is a pick next week. Um, <laughs> so when we record, if somebody is right, uh, that person gets to mock the other two mercilessly and, and hold the crown forever. So... Um, Let's let's get started with Kyle. Who do you think the actual pick for the Packers is going to be next week? 
This is so hard. And I feel like every year I have kind of a hunch of where the Packers will go. This year, I feel like there's so many different ways they could go. It's just so hard to predict. Um, but I'm going to say that the Packers will select Minnesota wide receiver Rashad Bateman at number 29 overall. A few different factors lead me to this. Uh, I do think Green Bay may be aggressive and try to go up and get a cornerback uh, in the early 20s. However, there's a chance that Greg Newsom goes before pick 21, where many have speculated that Green Bay would move up to get him. I think Newsom could be an easy target for Chicago at 20 right before that. And then Farley's really tough. He's totally worth moving up for. But do you move up with those injury concerns? That's a big question that we don't have the answers to. So um, we don't know all the details surrounding all those things that the Packers do. So the last factor that I'm considering in this is that Vegas really doesn't have a lot of confidence that Rashad Bateman is the fourth wide receiver off the board. In fact, I've seen some prop bets that have him behind behind Kadarius Toney and Terrace Marshall, and one that even gives him the same odds to be wide receiver four as Rondale Moore. So either Vegas is dumb, and they're not because they don't <laughs> like losing money, or the NFL is just a little bit lower on Bateman than I think many assume. And maybe that has to do with him coming into his pro day a little bit lighter than maybe we expected. But if Bateman slip, if, if a Bateman slip happens and things get weird and Green Bay doesn't have a corner on the board that they are in love with at pick 29, I think Bateman is a real, real value. And we may just see them take that first round wide receiver that some fans have been begging for for years and years. So uh, they'll never trade up for a wide receiver. I fully believe that. But if he falls in their lap, I think they'll pull a trigger with Rashad Bateman. Yeah, and that's really interesting because I think, you know, there was a lot of speculation last season that the Packers were interested in some of those wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk potentially, and they obviously both were snatched up and the Packers went with Jordan Love. So I think that there is a desire there if the right person falls. So I I do think that's a really interesting pick. And I've been struggling with this a lot. And I think it's because my brain is telling me that the Packers need a corner, but I'm also fully expecting them to kind of look at some of that rich corner depth that should be there in the second round. We obviously just had that happen in the mock draft scenario. So there's a lot of cornerback depth on day two. We're assuming a Fitu will be there, Paul Sanadibo, Asante Samuel Jr., all players that I would love to see in green and gold. Um, but we do know that Brian Gutekunst loved his freak athletes, and there's probably potentially no freakier athlete in this class than Jason Owe. So that is my pick for the Packers at 29 if they don't trade down. Jason Owe, edge rusher out of Penn State. And while in my head, I fully am in agreement with Kyle that I could see Goot trading up for a guy like Farley if he slides. I think he'll stay true to his board. And Jason Owe will be kind of one of the few remaining guys towards the back end of the first round that he has a first round grade on. An edge rushing unit that consists of the Super Smith Bros, Rashawn Geary, and Jason Owe is just enough to give opposing offensive nightmares. So, I'm all in. And plus, OA provides kind of that long-term insurance and sets the Packers up for the possibility that, you know, Gary and OA could be the eventual starting tandem if they can't get an extension done with Zadarius Smith, if something happens with Preston's contract next year, or, you know, if there is an unfortunate injury and somebody's forced to fill in early. Yeah, so I think those two picks, Bateman and Away, would be a lot more interesting to talk about for the three of us than uh, what <laughs> I'm going to mention. But I, I really have just started to settle on Liam Eichenberg, the tackle from Notre Dame. And I was trying not to tip my pick too much during our <laughs> draft simulator there. But 
it it may be boring, but it just seems to me like such an obvious fit. He's a big, tough dude. He excels in the run game. He's going to be an absolute force there. Not a super dynamic athlete, even though he tested pretty well, but he just has outstanding technique. He uses angles and a great base to stay on top of pass rushers. He has a pretty good ability to anchor and re-anchor. He's played left tackle at Notre Dame for three years. I don't necessarily see a need that you have to move him to right tackle, but he definitely has the skill set of what you stereotypically see at right tackle in the NFL. Um, And, you know, like I mentioned, he tested pretty well. He's he's 6'6". He was only 306 at the Combine, and I'm wondering if maybe he dropped a little weight there um, for the testing. But he had a 7.533 cone and 8.78 second shuttle. Those are really good. And that's not necessarily what I would have anticipated. So that's impressive. Um, He does have shorter arms, 32.375 inches. I didn't work out what that fraction actually is. But, you know, (laughs) normally you want those 34 inch arms and and he's he's not there. He's, you know, over an inch and a half short. So that's that's a little scary. But you're talking about a player who has one of the highest floors of any draft prospects. I think you can plug him in at left tackle until Bakhtiari is healthy, and then you slide him over to right tackle for the next 10 years. Like, is he Brian Balaga 2.0? Maybe, but I don't think anybody should be upset about that. And I, I think he'd be a really solid pick um, that I could get behind. You guys, it is going to be really, really fun. I think if we've done anything tonight, hopefully we've gotten everyone really excited for what is just now a week away in Cleveland, Ohio. It's going to be really interesting because none of us tonight – predicted a corner, which I think is obviously an upset. I think there's a lot of expectation there. Uh, There are literally a dozen players and scenarios that make a lot of sense for the Packers and even some scenarios that don't make any sense at all that might happen because it is the draft, and that's why we love it. It's unpredictable, totally crazy, but it is right around the corner. So make sure you join us next Friday when we're able to unpack that first-round pick maybe if they make one and try to make sense of all of it. But uh, before we wrap this up, Andrew, uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with you and Game on Wisconsin. Yeah, so I just had a article drop on Tuesday that explained uh, why my players, number 41 through 70, um, are where they are and who might be a good pick for the Packers. Actually, quite a few guys we talked about today kind of fell into that range. So um, I I think some interesting content there. Uh, The big thing is... Like next week, I'll, I'll be putting out my final like tight end rankings and, and how those potentially could fit in with the Packers. Then we have the podcast next Thursday night, Friday morning, whenever it gets released. So everybody come check us out. If you need a therapy session, we're going to be there for that. <laughs> if you need to help you get even more excited about the prospect that you finally wanted, we're here for that. And if they draft Boogie Basham, you are going to get to hear me at, at like a 10 for the entire show because I will be so irate. And I'm the guy who usually talks everybody down, but this is going to be like another level of crazy Andrew. So, you know, that would be entertaining as well. Um, but Maggie probably has a lot more interesting stuff going on, so I'll let her talk. No, I'm honestly just really excited about next week. You know, it's such like it's such a whirlwind. And then we finally have like the busiest night. And I don't remember what time we recorded last year. It was pretty late. And we were kind of working on notes for the the show as the draft went on. So it really is a whirlwind, but it's so much fun to kind of see everything come to fruition. So, yeah, just make sure you check out PAX. What she said this week, we were really lucky to have special guest, uh, former Memphis running back, current Green Bay Packer, Patrick Taylor, join the show. I absolutely loved him coming out of training camp. 
Um, obviously he was dealing with an injury and didn't get to play for the Packers. So it was a lot of fun to talk to him and hear kind of how his off season went, his rehab process. And one of the things I really like when you get to, to hear from Packers is I think as fans, we always have this perception of like wanting our team to be the best as far as how they treat players. We want the players to be good people. And when we talked to Patrick, he basically said all of those things. He talked about how great Green Bay was when they signed him as an undrafted free agent while he was injured and helped him through his rehab process. He talked about what it was like to meet Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams for the first time. So a lot of really fun stuff in there. And then, of course, I did also ask him if he liked cheese curds. So absolutely (laughs) make sure that you check that out. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. Uh, But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, Maggie at Maggie J. Loney, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please remember to subscribe and rate the podcast. You can catch Maggie, Kyle, and myself every Friday, and we'll be back next week with coverage of the actual first (laughs) round of the NFL draft. I am so, so excited, and uh, a big thanks for, for listening. And as always, remember... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.